Hello, welcome to Inspire in Half an Hour podcast. My name is Ruth Aisi. This is the second series of Inspire in Half an Hour, and in this series, I'll focus on the arts. My first guest I'm very excited about is Giacomo Parozzi. He's a photographer and also an art curator. Giacomo's photography has taken him to over 150 countries. And his art involvement really started just before COVID. He always had a passion for art, but actually just before COVID, he launched the Tobian Art Gallery, which is situated in the heart of Florence. In this half an hour podcast, I talked to Giacomo about both his photography and his art. I first start by asking him how he got into photography. I started very young when I was trying. My first love has been traveling and has been this constant in my entire life. And of course, when I was young, I was traveling with my camera and uh, I started, you know, casually taking photographs and, uh, and it was the right way for me to impress in my memory and everything moments of life uh, through my camera. And then I started to see that, uh, you know, I had a good eye and I was uh, choosing the right uh, subject and everything. And then I started to put together some of my best shots and uh, by showing them around uh, to people, uh, people who will know better than me, they started to you know, encouraged me to continue with it. And it's something that was always, uh, you know, a passion always, uh, only a passion. And then uh, it became a profession only when I started later on with UNICEF. Although before I joined UNICEF, I was doing some uh, work, you know, these uh, summer jobs that you get uh, to make some money. And I was using photography for that. But really my professional career started with UNICEF when I joined UNICEF in uh, 1991, yes in Abidjan, in Cote d'Ivoire, yeah. Okay, so you said it started with your travelling. I mean, where where did you go? You're originally from the southern part of Italy. Yes. yes. And um, you're saying you started your travelling. So where did you first go? Because, I mean, the travelling you've done now is just actually incredible. So where were the first places that actually gave you that inspiration? Uh, yes, I remember was uh, mm. my trip in Morocco. And I went to Morocco when I was very young and I was oh, wow. Uh, you know, uh, impressed by the colors, uh, the atmosphere, the smell, everything was fantastic. And then uh, other places that I went when I was very young was uh, India, Nepal, Thailand. Of course, I fell in, in love with Thailand and now kind of, uh, you know, uh, live there, there part time. And uh, so there, I think these are the four places that really changed everything, you know, in my, in my life because I, I felt that uh, for me, Traveling was uh, my real passion, was something that really, yeah. But how did you travel? Were you just sort of backpacking um, yeah. and finding little odd jobs yeah, while yeah. you were going to different countries? This is like sort of, was it per, uh, after you had been to university or before? Before and during and at the end of the university, always in between when I had time and a little bit of money aside, you know, money is money you put together by doing a little job here and there, but also totally. Uh, you know, almost like a back, backpacking, going to cheap hotels and, uh, you know, but enjoying uh, the, the little money we had. Yeah, it was really fun. You know. And, and you, having a camera with me, that's for sure. And you sort of learnt on the job then. You didn't ever go and study photography. No, I studied a bit uh, because I did a school of journalism in Italy when I was studying sociology. I'm a sociologist. That's what I studied in university. But then I was doing on the side also a school of journalism and that we had a section on photography. But that's, that was about it. For the rest, it's really 
something that you acquire by doing it. You know. I can see there's some amazing pictures. I recognize them behind you. Can you tell us a little bit about those photos? Well, these images are part of a collection of images and um, uh, entitled uh, Celebrating Life. And it was an exhibition we had uh, in, at the Tobian Art Gallery here in Florence. And uh, it was to celebrate my 60th birthday. And also, you know, we had 60 images and from really all over the world. As you know, I've been traveling in many, many countries, 150 countries. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I started an image of a child, a newborn baby. Um, in Indonesia, and uh, I end uh, with an image of a woman kissing a cross in a graveyard uh, in Romania. And so, and then uh, it's really through different countries, different cultures, uh, and I show moments of happiness and also sadness. Um, and I celebrate mo moments of life, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been, uh, you know, a beautiful. Um, a collection of images and people really have appreciated it. It was also for me a nice way to introduce myself uh, to this town. You know, I'm, I'm living now in Florence, but it's a new thing for me. I only started two years ago here and uh, probably people here in the city, they don't know me well. And because of the COVID, we cannot really have uh, uh, events at the gallery. So I think this was a nice way uh, to introduce myself to the, the local communities as well. Yeah. I mean, it must have been quite a... Uh, achievement to actually select 60 photos out of all the photos you've done. Now you're saying you've been to over, you said 150 countries. Exactly. And it, yeah, so that must, I mean, what, in a way, how did you make that selection? Are there one or two that you knew that you had to keep in just because they meant so much to you? I mean, how, what, what was the criteria? Of actually selecting it, was, it, it took me a long, long time. And yeah. I started by looking at files, you know, uh, for the last, let's say I'm, I'm all, I, only was, I was only looking at the digital images. I didn't go back to the past because otherwise it would have been a bit too long uh, mm. to make a proper selection. But let's say uh, since 2004 until now, and I had to look at thousands and thousands of shots. Of course, what I was trying to do is to, you know, represent important moments of life, uh, and uh, things that I've been uh, witnessing around the world and uh, moments that were important to me. And uh, that's the way, uh, and of course, images that also, they were quite strongly graphically and they will work also in black and white because my choice was to change from color in black and white. Sometimes color is a bit destructive and especially in an exhibition big like this uh, with so many colors, I felt it was going to be a little bit uh, destructive. Yeah? And so I decided to go for black and white. So I was choosing images that would uh, translate nicely in, in black and white. And I, and I think in the end we managed. It was not easy, it took us almost a month, uh, but we ended up with a lovely collection, I think. Jack, well, could you just tell us maybe some of the stories behind some of your favorite photos? I, I can imagine that the photos come, you know, are from all different continents, but maybe just give us a, an example or a few examples of why you chose um, certain photos. There are a few images that I really, they stay with me, you know, uh, and they will stay with me for the rest of my life. One of the images that also was also appreciated a lot here um, was um, the image of a little girl uh, in uh, Zimbabwe, and uh, she's sitting um, on a bed with uh, her grandfather 
she lost she was an orphan she lost both both parents because of aids and she was living with a grandfather and the grandfather was uh, blind and she was taking care of him of course and she was reading a book next to him she, uh, actually she was reading for him and there's a beautiful uh, scene a beautiful light coming on both of them they were both sitting and the atmosphere is just magic and it was so beautiful because i remember from the interview we had with the girl how important was the father to her was the only person and at the same time the father the grandfather was not able to take care of her but uh, she was taking care of, of him but of course it was very important to her that he was still there alive you know next to her and i found that uh, uh, i was able in in the picture uh, you know to grab that uh, sort of uh, feeling you know and uh, the sort of uh, you know relationship between the two yeah no it was it is a very powerful image uh, it's also one of my favorites and what about another one that you could share with us yeah this one a lovely image also is um in uh, um in uh, bangladesh in cox bazar in one of the refugee camps for the rohingya and there's this beautiful image of a boy and a girl a brother and sister and uh, and they are un- they are under the same umbrella and it's so nice because uh, the umbrella seems to protect both of them and the older girl she's protecting the little boy and it was during the rainy season in uh, uh, in bangladesh and cox bazar it's of course uh, life in refugee camps during the rainy season is horrible terrible and i was uh, i was there because i did also workshop with the children uh, some of the refugees and also that was a beautiful moment that i was able to catch and uh, and very tender and i think people also have appreciated shaded that one but one of the things that they organized was a, a workshop a photography workshop of course uh, facilitated by me and as you know i do many workshops around oh, yeah. children and this was one of the um, most powerful ones and uh, we did it in the camps and the children uh, were learning about photography and they were able also to go around and take photographs um, of their conditions and they were able to tell a little bit the story from the villages they were coming from in Myanmar mm-hmm. and so um as you know i mean i find i find the the workshops uh, so powerful because you give yes. an opportunity to kids to you know to think about their own uh, situations and also to go out take photographs tell their own stories and sometimes i always tell uh, my colleagues that it's even more powerful than our own images as photographers mm-hmm. you know? because they come it's their own lives they, yes they, yes no i remember them yeah after they had taken those photos, were they put into some sort of exhibition? How did the how were the photos used? Uh, yeah, one of the ways, you know, sometimes we do photo essays that they are published on. They're uploaded by UNICEF on their websites, of course, Facebook, all these social media. But of course, I like also to prepare traveling exhibitions. There are mobile exhibitions that can be taken around, and it's also nice that the exhibition they go back in their own communities, you know, so that the kids. Uh, but also we have done exhibitions that have been presented in big conferences around the world and and as i said i mean the the latest one i've done was you know on the climate change and and all that it was in in the cities big cities in in asia like ulaanbaatar in mongolia surabaya in 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 indonesia or ho chi minh in vietnam where the the problem is huge and and and, and children have to live in uh, cities that are not really friendly for them and also that was came out in a very powerful exhibition that we took to, uh, to germany for one of these um, 
conferences. So it's nice that uh, we can translate and, and send the message around in different ways. And uh, I always say also that uh, if I put together uh, um, the images collected in so many workshops, we've done almost 70 workshops around the world. It would wow. be a application that at some point I really would love to do. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, I've witnessed you um, doing these workshops and they are incredible. Though on average, they last like a week. And one of the things that, you know, during that week, not only are the children learning an amazing skill and they really produce such, um, you know, beautiful photos, powerful photos, as you say. But I also, you know, was so impressed by the rapport that you develop with the children and how you, there's a sort of a special relationship and you manage to get them to be passionate as well about photography in the way you're passionate about photography. So them, it, seriously, eh? they continue to photography. Yes. That's beautiful. And it, I feel I'm still in touch with many of the, you know, let's say the children. And now sometimes, sometimes they're not children anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, but we're still in touch. We write each other. Sometimes I was able to meet them again. Just to go back to the two years when with the COVID pandemic, you found this art gallery, Toby and Art Gallery. And the minute you launched it, there was the lockdown. Exactly. And that was just sort of incredible. The fact that you managed to have faith and keep it going during a time when, you know, it was you were having rents, high rents for the gallery. And maybe first of all, Tell us how you got into um, the art gallery. How, why did you want to start up an art gallery? A little bit the dream, uh, the dream that I had for many, many years. And then I thought uh, when I don't want to travel uh, as much with my uh, photo coverage, my work with UNICEF, I, I want to settle a little bit uh, and I don't see myself sitting at home and doing nothing. So, and because I like art and I've been collecting, as you know, I've been collecting mm -hmm. art in so many uh, parts of the world and I met so many artists and I have so many artist friends um, I, I felt there was a, a beautiful way you know and a, and a nice project to start and my idea because I'm I've never been and I will never be a professional art dealer so my interest is not really to make money by selling art but creating a nice uh, cultural exchange and um, and also because I have all these international uh, connections with so many artists from around the world um, uh, being based here in Italy uh, especially in a community like um, uh, Florence where there are so many uh, international uh, uh, people coming um, I felt it was the right space the right place to do um, uh, to do this you know to, to, to have a space in which we, we can invite artists coming especially young artists coming from different parts of the world and have this sort of exchange with the young people who study hard here, and not, not only with that, with the local community as well, and try to bring, uh, uh, you know, a bit of uh, other cultures, you know. Uh, sometimes, as you know, in Europe, we live a little bit with cliche about uh, this culture or this other one, and it's nice to break some of that uh, by bringing, and, and art has no boundaries uh, and uh, is able to communicate uh, uh, with, with everyone, yeah. And I think that's very powerful, and of course, uh, uh, we started and then we immediately had this uh, full lockdown. As you know, Italy was, yes. uh, after China, was the first country totally, you know, uh, you know hit by, by COVID. It was not easy at the beginning and I was a little bit desperate. I said, what have I done? But slowly, yes. slowly, and by publishing also thing, things on, on social media, I was able to start to sell some of my 
art through also frames around the world. And this was a big help for me. I was able uh, to continue paying the rent and everything. And then when we started to open up a little bit, I started with uh, solo exhibitions, events, uh, and, uh, and up to now we're here and things are looking much better now. Yeah, so that's it. So, but at the same time, because I couldn't travel with, for my work with UNICEF, I had time to, you know, really dedicate at the, ga at the, at the gallery here to learn more about uh, how to manage. There's a lot of admin, a lot of other things that one has to learn. And so I spent these two years really dedicating almost full time to, to the art gallery. And I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy that it's working. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a very beautiful gallery and in a very... Um, amazing setting as well, right in the heart of Florence. And yeah. it, it really is quite a, um, you've laid it out really well. And it's, yeah, very impressive. Um, also, I remember that you had, when I was there recently, I saw very beautiful sculptures from a Ukrainian sculptor. Can you tell us a little bit how you made contact with this Ukrainian sculptor? In this case, we have a, an intern um, here, Luca. Is, um, he was uh, studying in Florence art management uh, from the business side. And then um, he spent some time with us and he put us in touch also with his father. He's also an artist. And then uh, with Ludmila, that uh, she's the artist that you're referring to. And um, he, uh, he was showing me some of her work. And this was before the beginning of the war. And so um, uh, I find... Um, work very poetic mm. uh, and also uh, they convey a message of peace um, uh, the, the exhibition was actually entitled together and i felt that her um, sculptures with my black and white photography was uh, a beautiful combination uh, so this was before uh, the war started and and we felt we wanted to invite her uh, for this and then when we were in the process of organizing the event uh, the war started in ukraine but, uh, you know, we didn't want to give up. And uh, so she was able to pack everything uh, despite the, the situation and to send uh, uh, sculptures through Poland. And are you in touch with her regularly yes. and giving her feedback? On, okay, yeah. Yeah. And she's very happy to see her uh, work displayed here in this gallery. And we started a, a beautiful collaboration. We hope to continue with that, of course. Yeah. Mm. And she's safe. She's okay. Yeah, she's Yeah, safe. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. What is your sort of vision now for the future? What, um, what are the things you're going to actually be prioritizing over the next few years? I would like to continue a little bit, uh, as I said, my work with uh, UNICEF because of the workshops. This is something that I really would like to do, but something that also I would love to do in, in the gallery as well, with different, uh, of course, objectives. So it's different goals but uh, th that's the idea i think that i've been uh, you know at my age at this point it's nice to give back in different ways and i think through the gallery and both uh, uh with my workshops i can continue you know teaching uh, i i like that and i think actually even with you it'd be nice uh, no, to do oh that. yes i <laughs> i always enjoy our workshops that we do together and it's yeah, yeah. yeah. And gallery, now we had uh, um, a young uh, um, uh, a social media manager, uh, mm. who is also a photographer, graphic artist, is actually one of, from Uzbekistan, is one of the 
young uh, boys who was in one of my workshops and now I became a big, uh, uh, you know, a big star in Uzbekistan and he's also an influencer and all that. And he gave us uh, so many ideas on how we can develop that as well and uh, kind of organize workshops starting from the gallery involving uh, students that are present here in, uh, in Florence and also inviting artists from different countries to do residencies for artists. You see, one of the things I would love to do is, for instance, to have a group of artists that come from different parts of the world, yes. uh, especially Africa, because sometimes they don't have the same opportunities. Yes. Then two, three months uh, here, as you know, I have also a place in the countryside where they can see to produce art, and then as an outcome, it would be beautiful to have exhibitions uh, here in the gallery. So... Um, and so, of course, uh, during the period that they are going to be here, they will be coached by an artist who can follow them. and all that. So these kind of things I would love to do. You know. Oh, yeah, it'd be fantastic. No, it really is. That's very exciting. Wow, that's amazing. And then, I mean, you've done, you've achieved so much, and it is just incredible how you have managed to follow your dreams and your passions. Uh, what sort of advice would you give to people today who are sort of starting out either in the art world or as a photographer, because it's different now, isn't it? Yeah, it is different, but the, uh, the, 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 the strength comes from the passion, I think. And if you don't give up uh, on that, uh, in the end, uh, you achieve what you want. I think it, it, your example, your life has been the same, I think, no? that uh, sometimes we have been giving up, um, uh, you know, a fixed uh, you know, salary or job and everything to follow our dream and our passion to our also freedom no? to do. Yes, yeah work with different projects, different things. And in the end, uh, we are happy with uh, what we achieved. And I think this we, we don't have to lose. Uh, uh, you know, we don't have to, uh, we have to try to be, you know, always follow our heart and our, uh, you know, our passion. And I think that's the only way to, uh, because it's also the way to succeed. I mean, uh, for me, it's only when you do something that you love, uh, in the end you succeed, yeah. There's no frustration in that, you know, yeah. That's great, Giacomo. Thank you so much. That's so inspirational. And, you know, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. And it's just been a pleasure having you on Thank Inspire you. in Half an Hour podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much.